This song is dedicated to all those bands, all the fans, everybody who's ever had a show get stopped by the police.
you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with Waka Flocka Flame from Atlanta and from Houston, Texas, Riff Raff, Riff Raff and Waka Flocka Flame today on Denardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard to kick off Denardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, brand new from Johnny Sizzle. No more punk rock. Johnny Sizzle from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Johnny Sizzle who wrote me this letter. Dear Nardwar, it pleases me to write to you, not only because the thought that you may broadcast my music and listeners can make the actualization that I exist again, but that I now too also do a radio show on CKUW 95.9 FM in hometown of Winnipeg. I think while sending you my recording that you may be thinking all the boggling of your mind where you'll put it and mix it into your program and how you'll do it. Hope you find many good mixes with this CD recording of Home Sweet Home. If you wish to interview me on your radio show, write to johnnysizzle at hotmail.com. You can ask me anything Canadian and I will answer it right because some people say I'm too Canadian, just like you. Take care, J-Sizz, Johnny Sizzle. And we just heard Johnny Sizzle, as I mentioned, off the top there. Thank you, Johnny Sizzle, for sending me this release, your brand new release. We just heard no more punk rock and we're actually going to hear one more Johnny Sizzle, Dale Howarchuk, drunk in a strip bar. Then we're going to hear an interview with Waka Flocka Flame on Denardwar, the human serviette radio show. So again, Johnny Sizzle coming up with Dale Howarchuk, drunk in a strip bar. And thank you so much, Johnny, for sending these amazing tunes to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Here's Dale Howarchuk, drunk in a strip bar by Johnny Sizzle from his brand new CD, Home Sweet Home. And then an interview with Waka Flocka Flame!
are you? I'm Waka Flocka. I'm born in Jamaica, Queens, raised in Clayton County, Riverdale, spokesman, entrepreneur, juggernaut, you know, the rest goes on. Waka Flocka, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Man, I love it, man. Thank you, man. Van City. And Waka, who'd you have beside you? Wu the Kid, man, my brother. What's going on? Wu the Kid, Wu the King, King Wu, whatever you want to call me. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Wu the Kid. Likewise. So right off the bat, I have a gift for you to welcome you guys to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Well, we always love gifts. What's that name? We have something here that is dear to your heart right now, an SWVLP. How do you know we like SWV? You're Waka Flocka. We got to know that. How do you know that? What can you tell the people about SWV? They sexy. Real nice. Now, how important is that, Waka Flocka? Well, SWV, it just remind, it remind me of a club in Queens called Colors. Like, if, if any, anybody from Queens, they, they know the club called Colors. Like, that's what it just reminds me of, man. It just reminds me of block parties, man. Every time I see the CD. Have you ever got a chance to meet them at all? Never. I like it, though. I appreciate this. Waka Flocka and Wuda Kid, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, as I mentioned. I guess I was wondering there, Waka, do you still like salt and vinegar chips? Yo, this guy's crazy. How you know that, man? I love them. That's my favorite chips. What about you, Wuda Kid? I love them, too. But it's, it's definitely not my favorite, though. Now, I was thinking about vinegar, and I was thinking about barbecue. For barbecue, what is your favorite barbecue? You know, there's like vinegar-based barbecue, mustard-based barbecue, and ketchup-based barbecue. What's your guys' favorites? Damn. Question, huh? You know them all. <laughs> Yo, man, it's kind of like Cleo, man. Yeah, I love it. You just you hit them all on the nose. What are your favorites of all those ones? My favorite? It depends, man. It depends, it depends on who's cooking. Who's on that grill, man? But usually I, I, I like the um the boneless, the boneless, like the um spicy barbecue joints. They be crazy. When they when they, they make them kind of Cajun, they be crazy. How about you, Wooda Kid? What was your favorite type of chips? Uh Lay's barbecue. Lay's chips. And how about for barbecue? Do you like the mustard, the ketchup, the vinegar? What's your favorite? Mustard. Mustard. Definitely mustard. Because in the South, there's quite a dividing line for all that, isn't there? Like, what are the different areas for, like, mustard and vinegar and ketchup? Can you describe them? The difference between ketchup, for me personally, ketchup is for French fries. They made for French fries, like, regular burgers, hot dogs. When you put mustard and you go to the vinegars and the barbecue, that showed the profession and the skill and the craft you got on the grill. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really got to know what you're doing so you can get the right taste out of the foods. So you got to know what you're doing. And there are different geographic areas that they serve it, isn't it, Wuda Kid? Uh, yeah, everywhere, all over there, different things. And speaking of geographic areas, I want to take it all the way back to Atlanta Foundation. <laughs> Hip-hop foundation. What can you tell the people, Waka, about Mr. Sammy Sound? Wow. Wow. Yo, man, Sammy Sound was great, man. I grew up listening to him, man. Hey, man, Sammy Sound. He's an important foundation for Atlanta, right? I got my laptop right now. I got all his CDs right now. He's crazy. He's crazy. This this, this is it right here. How did you find this? Well, we have to find it for you guys. Every question right there. How did you find this, man? Well, we love the ATL stuff. Like, for instance, Mr. Kilo. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Kilo. Wow. Yeah, you know we tell motherfuckers like you, you my nigga. 
So you my nigga for this kilo Ali right here. See? Can you tell the hey, man. Nigga, that's the, that's the shit right here. For the people that aren't familiar with Kilo Ali, what can you tell them about it? Kilo Ali, that's when I originally like first moved to Georgia, to the Swats, to like um, Diplomat Drive, Kemerton Road. Like Kilo Ali was Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the guy turning the parties, turned up. The parties up. Like Freak Nick, back when Freak Nick was out, like he's Atlanta, man. He's one of them. And Sammy Sam and Shy D too. There's Shy D representing. Shy D, Sammy Sam. It's a couple of people, man. A lot of people. Player flies. A lot of people. Yeah. Kilo Ali, Sammy Sam, Foundation with Ruta Kid and Waka Flocka. Flame. <laughs> when you guys were growing up. Oh, how the fuck did he find this Kilo Ali? That's crazy. We got to bring the breast to. We got to bring the breast. We got to bring the breast to the Brick Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, has the breast been brought to the Brick Squad? How's this tour going for the breast? Hey, man, we love the breast, man. Little breast, small breast, big breast, fake breast, all that. Love it, man. You know how I go? We got something for you. What's that? Really? Yeah. Got a lot for you. You good. You with the squad now, man. It's a different ball game. When you guys were growing up, I was curious, did you party with, like, goth kids in Riverdale? Yeah, we actually did. We actually did. We party with everybody, literally. What and were goth kids like? Oh, they're some of the best people. Sometimes you might think they're weird, but they be in their own world, man. And you ain't got no choice but to respect it. What can you tell the people about Conkle Road? What road? Conkle Road and Delk Road. What you know about that? That's the east side. That's like that's like west side, east side. See, I'm from the south side, man. You guys talking about Riverdale Road. Nah, I mean up Riverdale Road, man. Valley Hill Road, man. You know what I mean? That's Clayco, man. Love it, man. The Figure Eight Club? Figure Eight, yeah. That's where it started at right there. That's the heart. That's like, that's the first stage I ever rapped on was Figure Eight. Ever. And how about you, Wooda Kid? Did you go to Figure Eight, too? Oh, yeah. You got to go to Figure Eight. If you're in Atlanta, you got to go to Figure Eight. Mary, Mary. Why you bugging? Now, what's amazing is that really is your Aunt Mary? Yeah, that's my Aunt Mary. We made that song about her. And what I was wondering is, is it true that your Aunt Mary was really dating DMC? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. That's what I was told when I was a kid. I had parties with him. Have you met DMC at all? Yeah, when I was younger, he's a cool guy. He's from the same area, from Hollis. What else has Mary told you about Mary Mary the song? Anything? Nah, not at all. I mean, we was young. We was young. Little collecting this. Well, actually, I was going to ask you about this. We have the DMC doll, but we also have right here the Outcast Big Boy doll. Wow. And I was wondering, what's your interaction with the Outcast? That's a legend. Have you met Big Boy? Like, what have you done with Big Boy? Hell yeah. I met him. I, I, I feel like as, as an artist, I don't deserve a song with him like a new artist do. You know what I mean? I want to work for my spot. Without, without, without a guy like this, I won't be in this interview with you. When you were growing up, did you have neat toys like this, neat dolls? Were there any rapper dolls? When I grew up, Ninja Turtles was popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Power Rangers and stuff. Like Joe's, man. Joe's. And all the G.I. Joe's, yeah. You know what I mean? That was popular. Now the rappers is in. Well, I have another doll to actually give to you, Waka Flocka and Wuda Kid. Here we have a Tupac doll. Wow. <laughs> that one trumps them all, doesn't it? The Pac. Yeah. See, this is the best one of them all right here, man. This, 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 this is the best man touching the microphone. Straight up. Here we are in the Triple F Tour. The Triple F Tour, right? Triple F Life Tour, man. Friends, fans, and family. Squad. 
And what is the criteria? Get a squad right quick, man. Yeah, yeah, you say squad. 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 All right, good. We good now. When you guys are touring on the tour, the Triple F tour. Yes. Oftentimes there's a bus involved, isn't there? Yeah. When you're touring on the bus, what sort of bunk guys are you? Because, you know, there's like the top bunk, there's the middle bunk, and the bottom bunk. I'm a middle. I'm a middle man. I'm in the middle bunk, too. I moved on up like the Jeffersons. Used to be at the bottom. I couldn't take it no more. I thought the top is the worst. Yeah, the top is the worst. You, you damn near got the, the little uh, TV in your bed, TV on your stomach, you sleep. You can't even turn over. You got to get out the bed and just... Yeah, TV the flat screen falls gonna fall right on the belly, man. No, you can't have that. So when you're in the middle bunk, you twist and turn, man. Now you can do a lot of things in them beds, man. But sometimes at the back there's state rooms, aren't there? On some buses there's special state rooms. You ever got the state room at the back? You know? Hey, man. Yeah, that's called the don't kiss and tell room. Baboon. Yay, man. What happened in Vegas stays in Vegas back there. So representing the Brick Squad. That's what I'm. T- Man, y'all, you gotta give me that one more time, man. Representing the Brick Squad. Turn up. What's happening? Representing the Brick Squad. If you're going to a gig, you're a Waka Flocka or a Wuda Kid fan. What do you wear to a Waka Flocka or Wuda Kid gig? What do you wear? A white shirt? Nah. See, you might want to wear. You might want to wear something that you're gonna sweat out. Nothing that you really care about. Like you cherish this. This is what you had. You had this shirt for years. And you don't want to mess it up. Don't wear it because you're gonna sweat it out. Don't wear your best shoes. You're gonna mess them up. What about sandals? I heard you wear like sandals, construction boots. Like, what should you wear? Yeah, man, constructions, man. You know, keep 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 them constructs on, man. Dirty Tim's, clean Tim's, on, man. We keep them constructs on our feet. You know that. Like for us, like when you come to our concert, you can you can be fresh. Stay to the back. No, I mean you fresh. Stay to the back. Stay in VIP if you fresh in our concerts. Now I'm looking for clothing. Walter's clothing is that a good place to go? Walter's is excellent. Excellent. What have you got at Walters? There's like good sneakers there, right? Best sneakers in Georgia. What have you got there, actually, particularly? Any ones you can mention? Uh, all my Cortezes, all my Air Force Ones, all my hats, my Jordans. You get everything, bro. How about in Vancouver? Did you guys pick up some stuff? Yeah, man. It's been like, what, two racks out here? What'd you get? Uh, Van City uh, sweaters, hoodies, shirts, hats. Um, more, more Timberlands, of course. You know that. Not too much. I have a quote for you, Waka and Wuda Kid. Here it is. She's a tiger-striped <coughs> pit bull. Rima Major. That's what we called Rima Major, a tiger-striped pit bull. But you just fucked me up. Like, how did yo, this guy's really on it, man? Yo, Rima's a pit, man. She'll be back too tomorrow. She got sick as hell, man, from the road. Yeah, she's crazy. Yo, yo like, she, she, she remind me of... Queen Latifah, MC Light, and like a just mixed in one. You know what I'm saying? Like she just and she's from Canada, Canadian. Yeah, she's sick, man. Yo, I swear to God, that girl is crazy. What has she told you guys about Canada? Has she told you anything about Canada, Toronto? It's real, it's real, motherfuckers. That's what she said. It's real, motherfuckers. And on this tour, I noticed you've been mentioning punk rap. Are you into the what is punk rap? Punk rap is the genre I created. That's just punk rap when you listen to me. Do you think you're the first punk rapper out there? Yeah, first punk rapper. D first. I also wanted to ask you, Wuda Kid and Waka Flocka. Flame. From Brick. Squad. About some more foundation. A gentleman that you played with. I'm pretty sure here, Waka Flocka, you played right here with Dougie. Fresh. What can you tell people Doug E. Fresh and the gig you did? I think you did like a Soul Train gig with them or some gig about the Soul Train Awards. Do you remember that? 
Yo, how does this guy know everything like this, man? Yo, I, th- I thought it'd be a gimmick, man, when you be on YouTube and stuff, man. You know who Dougie Fresh is, man? You know who Dougie Fresh is? Amazing beatboxer. Just legendary. Foundation. You know who Dougie Fresh is, man? Do you know Dougie? I haven't got that close to know Dougie, though. But you know Dougie. Didn't you do some gigs with him? Nah, I ain't never do nothing with Doug. Nogwa is wrong. Well, you did play, like, some Soul Train gig that I think he was part of, wasn't he? He was, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Thank you. I was worried there. Yeah, he was, he was. I met him. He's a cool guy, man. Like, interesting guy. Like, he ain't cocky. Like, a lot of cool, cool guy, man. Now, speaking of other people that are out there. Yeah. What is, what is catching your eye right there, Waka Flocka? History. History, man. Are you into the Dougie Fresh 2, Wooda Kid? I'm, I'm a fan of music, period. Big fan of old music, though. You know how that go. It's like history repeats itself, because everybody's rocking that jersey now. Maybe that show jury. the people what's going on here. Everybody's rocking that kind of style of jewelry now. And he got a Bally shirt on. It's just 360 in their money, ain't it? I see what's going on, you motherfuckers. Have any b-ballers come out to any of your gigs recently at all? Like, when you're out there? Because you're really out there in the crowd, aren't you, Walker? Like, you are really seeing the crowd. Yeah, Josh Powell, um, my boy from the Blazers. A couple of people, man. Thunders, Thunder Up, too. Shout out to the whole Thunders. Whole whole Oklahoma Thunders, like Marquise Daniels. A couple of, a lot of people, man. Hella people. J.R. Smith, uh, my boy Wilson Chandler. There's a lot of people. Would a kid? Could you explain to people what Walker is like on stage? Like he jumps in the audience, doesn't he? Can you take people with that? He a wild boy. He's out of control. Ain't no. You, so I'm gonna tell you the truth. He don't even know what he's about to do half the time. I know it. Like he just go whatever happens happens. Like spare the moment. You know what I'm saying? So that's how he, that's how he work. Work work security out. And I love the way how like you see the crowd. Like people are like, oh, I was at your gig. You know if you're at the gig, don't you? Well, yeah. Oh yeah, I know it. Have you ever been running through the audience? You're like, oh my god, you're here. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Um, I always run through the audience and see people I seen earlier that day. You know, I'm like, oh, what up? Show hella love to them. You know how that goes, man. I love the energy from the people. Like, the people don't got no energy. I'm dead. Then. What was it like in Paris having most deaf and common as hype men up on stage with you? Yo, that was crazy. Like, I came out the hotel in Paris, right? I went across the street to the diner. I look out the window, you just see common. I'm like, what the hell? But what the hell you doing out here? He looking at me like, what the hell you doing out here? And so we went to the um the um the Yay fashion show. Then I see um, um most definite. And we just went crazy, hard in the paint drop. And we hear hard in the paint right now in the background. Crazy, yeah. Just as we mentioned, I was curious, who invented the term hard in the paint? Who invented the term hard in the paint? Me. Was it ever there before? Like you coined it? Did anybody else have any songs or anything like that? Never. Have you put a little copyright on it though, hard in the paint? Nah, for what? I don't know. Just some people do that. You know, like, for instance, people were saying that, like, Bling Bling should have been copywritten. You know, like, hard in the paint. Yeah, hard in the paint. I don't know. I ain't no selfish motherfucker, so I tend to let everybody breathe. So, you guys being from Atlanta, or at least growing up in Atlanta, what do you think about CNN? What do you think about CNN? There ain't no telling, man. Never know what them. What's going to be on there? Have you ever been on CNN? I think I saw some clip of you on CNN. Not... Not. Because they was doing this story about this 100-year-old lady, and they had some Waka Flocka music in the background. And afterwards... You... She was like 100 and... Uh... I don't know. I just seen it. Could you explain the story to Waka, maybe? What was happening? I remember, they did play some music. It was crazy. Ain't no telling, man. They had some of your music on there. She was like 100 and... 
something. She was just laying there, really. Crazy. And then afterwards, they apologized for playing your music. Yeah. Wow, they apologized. Yeah. It was a mistake. Like CNN said, sorry, we played this music to go with a 103-year-old lady, right? <laughs> I got Google that. Yeah, it was CNN and Walk a Flock of Flame. But I thought it was cool that she was grooving to it. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get on CNN. Never. Winding up here with Wooda Kid and Waka Flock of Flame. I have another gift for you guys. Lastly here from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. A cool G-Rap puzzle. Ooh, now let me see this. Just open this up. I fuck with you. Oh, hold on. Man, you got to drop the mic. Yeah. Oh, right. So we cool now. Uh, you're a puzzle. You the man now. I fuck with you. Uh, cool. They're important to you guys, aren't they? To walk a flock of fame. Hell yeah. That's the first gangster I've ever seen in my life. Him and Easy, two first. And I thought it'd be cool because if you open it up there, right there, it's a puzzle. So I thought on the tour bus you can spend some time there playing with it because it's an actual puzzle that they put together. Sick. Have you met many of the legends that have inspired you over the years, like Cool G? Nah, I never in my life met Cool G Rap. Every time I want to meet him, we on tour, overseas and stuff. I think that'd be gone a lot. That's sick. There's actually another person I want to ask you guys about. Lastly, lastly here, Slick Rick. Slick wow, it's the ruler right here. It's fam right here, man. It's right here. He had the speaking of style, right? He had the style, right? He had his swag on Max, swag on London. His, his swag was on London, definitely. God damn. Has your mom or aunt told you anything about Slick Rick at all? Yeah, my uncle produced one of his albums, James Anthony. No way, really? He also did LL Cool J, too, right? Damn, man. Who are you? Like Hard Word of Human Serviette? Hey, you, can I, can I, I want to bring you, put you down with the squad. Mom. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. Here we go. Oh, that's amazing. That's heavy, too. Wow. Oh, well, it's you, man. You squad now, man. Well, Wuda Kid and Walk a Flock of Flame, thanks so much for the time. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Yeah, man, I was telling people, just thanks for fucking with us, man. Staying down with us, staying tuned with us, man. Keeping the hustle strong, keeping the grind original. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Nagwa, man, for being on his shit. Well, definitely Nagwa. Hey, he's definitely a part of the squad now. So when y'all see him, just say squad. You know what it is. Well, thanks much, Brick Squad. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do, 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 do. Oh, you didn't think we knew that, did you? America, America, America has a problem. Cocaine.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there, Kilo Ali from Atlanta, Georgia with America Has a Problem, Cocaine. And before that, an interview with, from Atlanta, Georgia, originally from Queens, Waka, Flocka, Flame. Coming up right now, an interview with Riff Raff from Houston, Texas. And Riff Raff is a big fan of Sally Struthers from All in the Family, the TV show. So I thought it was natural to play some All in the Family. Going to hear Shove Yours from the All in the Family TV show LP called All in the Family, dedicated to Riff Raff. Again, here's some All in the Family, dedicated to Riff Raff, the track being Shove Yours from the All in the Family TV show, and then an interview with, from Houston, Texas, the rapper known as Riff Raff. Here's All in the Family. Archie, you switch from a brush to a spray can shaving cream? I did? What's it to you? Oh, nothing, except the spray can you bought looked a lot like my deodorant. <laughs> Last week, I reached for the liquid hand net and I sprayed my head with room deodorizer. <laughs> All day long, I reminded myself of the great outdoors. <laughs> I told you before, Edith, you gotta do something about all the different spray cans in that bathroom. I know. Wow, this sounds just like my house. Oh, yeah? Uh, how do you people handle a problem like that, Lionel, of spray cans, you know? I mean, with eight people using an apartment, the families, and 20 people sharing a bathroom there? Well, first, it's only four families to an apartment, and only 16 people sharing a bathroom. <laughs> and anyway, what we do is we take all our spray cans and shove them into special shelves. So what you could do is shove yours. Did you know a guy could take that two ways? <laughs> yeah, but no one, Lionel, I think he only meant it one way. for a live audience.
Who are you? Riff Raff, Jody High Roller. They, they know the name. They know the face. They already know. Riff Raff, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, they said I, I ain't officially in Vancouver till I get interviewed by the man. Well, thank you so much, Riff Raff. And I have a gift for you from your favorite artist right here, Mr. John Bon Jovi. With the Young Guns soundtrack. Oh, man. Now, tell me about your love for John Bon Jovi. And pull open his record for a sec. Check out this look that he's got in there. Yeah, let me set these stacks down real quick. What do you have there? Just, you know what I'm saying? Just some lunch money, Canadian lunch money. I love that you're repping Canada there, too. I do. I got to rep Canada. I don't rep Canada. You know what I'm saying? I don't represent nobody but myself. But I love Canada, though. I can say I love Canada. And this is probably the most money that John Bon Jovi has ever seen, eh? Yeah. John Bon Jovi, this is, man, he makes this in 10 seconds. This ain't nothing but probably like little... I don't know, about $10 or something like that. So tell us about John Bon Jovi. Pull this open. The look he's got is amazing, Refrat. John Bon Jovi. Look at that look. Oh, he ain't even tripping. You know what I mean? He ain't make that cover for me, though. You know what I'm saying? This is for some girls. I ain't supposed to be seeing this. Should that be a riffraff look? Man, uh, psh, nah, because I wouldn't rock those boots. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That ain't my ensemble. You feel me? That ain't my wardrobe. But John Bon Jovi, he, you talking about somebody who make about what, like five million a show or something? He's he he had the record for most money ever made for tour per year every year he just he consistently makes the most money on tour every year and now you have the record to learn from yeah i'm a, a first then i gotta buy one of them uh, versace uh turntable listen to it riff raff here we are in vancouver british columbia canada but i met you before at south by southwest yeah, south by southwest and Norway, he, he didn't even know who i was <laughs> i was interviewing action bronson yeah, yeah it was the action bronson one and later on, I have learned that you partied. Is it true you partied with Action Bronson and three triplets? You and the triplets? Yeah, yeah, well, the triplets, yeah. They used to do, like, somersaults and shit off the bunk beds. It's crazy, man. I, I, can't, I can't tell Action what to do. He just be, like, doing shit without me, without me knowing. And then he just pulled up to my house, like, three triplets. Like, it's crazy. And Raff, now you here are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, home of the California roll. The California roll was invented here. For real? How you know I like sushi, California rolls? We got to know that. You love the sushi. Love the sushi. We love the riffraff. You know what I'm saying? And your producer, Paul Devereaux, he's from Vancouver, too. Oh, is he? I didn't even ask him. <laughs> I, decent. Yeah, I know. I know who he is. I just never asked him where he's from. No, you're not afraid to shout out the Macarena, are you? The Macarena. Diamonds dance on a finger like the Macarena. Because that went out for a little while, but you're not afraid to shout it out, are you? I'm not afraid to shout that shit out. No, hell no. I say whatever I feel like saying. Riff Raff, tell me about the importance of the Sharpstone Mall. Sh Sharpstown Mall? Oh, man, that's where, uh, like, all the jewelry shops are and shit. That's in Houston. That's a mall in Houston. I, th I don't think it's shut down now. Like, but that's where TV Johnny, you know, I used to get my jewelry from and stuff like that. Didn't you used to, like, do a lot of selling of CDs there? Oh, yeah. I, I saw some Damn, you did some research. Ah! Yeah, I used to be, you know, selling CDs in the mall, grinding hard and shit. Like a real hustler. What was your pitch for selling the CDs? I was curious. First of all, me walking up. It already, you know what I'm saying, somebody already, like, intrigued, like, yo, I'm gonna, I want to hear, you know what I'm saying, I want to get this. So I've always, I can remember since, like, fifth grade, I was always, anything I sell, somebody going to buy it. And it's not because I'm not, I don't got, quality going to sell itself, you know what I mean? So if somebody wanted, what the thing is, is once you sell one time, you don't want that person to go off and be like, man, I don't fuck with this shit, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's consistent quality buyers, you know what I mean, consumers. So when I sell something, I'm not selling it to be like just to come up and make the money. I'm actually selling you a product that you can live by and it has a 100% guarantee on it. Where did you sell it though? Like the food court? Where's the best place to sell stuff in the malls? In the mall? You want to sell shit 
Well, I, I, I sell jewelry too. You know what I'm saying? But you got to sell those away from the jewelry shop. So the thing with that is you don't want to be around anybody who's going to stop you from selling, such as police, security guards, whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So you want to just move around in and out, different jobs like that. You know what I'm saying? The Woodland Mall, the Willowbrook Mall, and Walmart. Oh, man, I, yo, I sell anything. I sell you a dream in a bathroom. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a damn. I sell anything. Where's the best place to buy? Yeah, that's, that's a good one, though. You know what I mean? That you know all this shit. Where's the best place to buy jewelry at the Almeda Mall? Almeda Mall? Man, it's so, it's, it's so many malls and shops that have the sales. This is in Houston, we should say. Like, yeah, what you want to do is you want to bargain around. What you want to do is you want to go to a, a shop and be like, yo, I want this. I want this amount of diamonds. I want this jewelry. You know what I'm saying? I got 10000 What can, can I? Can you do it? And then if they say no, you know what I'm saying? Or they say, no, I can do it for such and such price. Or, no, I can only do it for 14 I can do it for 12 Then you take that price. You're like, all right, cool. Then you go over here to these other, to another shop and be like, look, this is exactly what I want. He said 10 5 So how much can you now? If you want, but then you got to go in the middle. You got to get the best quality work, you know what I'm saying, for the most, the best price. You feel know I me? Mean? You don't want to. It's like car shopping. It's just like anything. Riff Raff, did you ever buy any jewelry from this gentleman right here if you open this up, Riff Raff? Any jewelry from this gentleman? Oh, yeah, Paul Wall. Yeah, Paul Wall and TV Johnny shop. Huh. I got the internet going nuts. <laughs> yeah, Paul Wall, he ain't crazy. Any jewelry you bought from Paul Wall at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Wall and uh, TV Johnny, uh, the grills and stuff. This grill right here is one now. It's just gold, just solid gold. It ain't nothing much. But, yeah, I used to get all my jewelry from them. Paul, legend. Riff Raff, you have a song called Squirt. Yeah, Squirt with Lil Debbie. Now, did you hear that you only get 10,000 spurts? I don't know what the hell that means. You only get 10,000 squirts, and then it's all over. Oh, for real? I didn't know that. How many squirts have you had? Oh, man. Hey, yo. <laughs> I, this is, those are some questions that I only answer with female artists. But you had the miracle whip in your hands in the video for a squirt. What was that all about? That right there, I, I don't know. I think I, I, was, I wanted some sandwiches, so we were like gonna make sandwiches or some shit or I ordered some sandwiches and then the room service came up and then they um they didn't have many so I went across the street and got Miracle Whip I bought the whole thing and it came up you know for my chicken salad sandwich for the female fans you wanna have the baby oil water slide oh yeah you gotta have the baby oil see this is these are these are like inventions that I haven't dropped yet so Baby oil water slide. Like, you know a water park, right? You bring your kids there. It's filthy. You might see a dirty diaper in the water, the little kiddie pool whatnot. The baby oil water slide, it's like a daytime strip club for the, you know, 18 and up or whatever. It's like a water park, but instead of water, it's all baby oil. You got the stripper poles. You got the music bumping. You got your drinks, you know, your miscellaneouses, whatnot, so on and so forth. But it's for the older ages. So it's a strip club, but it's daytime, you know. So that you, and you can't have, it got metal texture, so you can't bring your guns and all that violence and bullshit, you know what I mean? It's a baby old strip park. Oh, and by the way, it's going to only be girls, and I'm, I'm not a DJ. All right, yeah, next. Baboom. <laughs> Zing. A riff raff. Have another gift for you right here from your favorite band right here, Fleetwood. Mac. Oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. When did you get into Fleetwood Mac? Was it your dad? I've seen a picture of you and your dad. How would you describe the look of your dad and the look of yourself? My dad is like a, he's a, like a old war veteran, Vietnam vet, red, redneck hillbilly. You know what I mean? And me, I'm, that, I'm kind of that a little bit, but I'm, but I'm of the 2000 era, you know, because I'm, I'm born in this year, you know what I mean? But I was born really yesterday, 
You see what I'm saying? So you gotta just take that in consideration. So I do me, but also I'm a product of, you know, my father figures. And this is another Vancouver gift for you, believe it or not, because this was actually made in Vancouver by Bob Massey, a great artist, a Fleetwood Mac poster. I'm gonna frame this. Because you love the Mac, right? Yeah, I forgot her name. Wait. Steve Nix. Yeah, Stevie Nix. Who at one time actually had to blow cocaine up her asshole. She did? Yeah, because she blew out her nose. She had to only use her asshole because her nose wore out. Damn. Now, the question arises, have you ever blown cocaine up your asshole at all? No, I've never done that. (laughs) That, no. But beyond, uh, you know, beyond that, I I mean, damn, they got a slap box of penguin over here. She ain't tripping. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, man, I'm going to frame this. I wonder how much this is. Free for you. We're fraff. Damn, how much is they? I'm not gonna charge you. It's free. It's a gift. It looks like you like you found it somewhere, somewhere real special. Yeah, right here in Vancouver, Neptune Records in Vancouver, all the way for riffraff, riffraff. What do we have happening right now? Wardrobe change. Sometimes you just got you know that chain was too heavy. You're really bringing it for this interview. Thank you. Wardrobe change. You know, my most important interview. So you gotta you know pull out all the all the stunts. This has never, ever happened for me. Somebody doing a wardrobe change in the middle of an interview. You're the very first. And you're paying me, too. Uh, I'm going to buy you lunch. That's amazing, Riffraff. So this is the Canadian money, right? Riffraff, I want to ask you about some more important people to you. This person right here, Eddie... Munster. Eddie Munster. How does this play into the Riffraff formula? Oh, yeah. this You know, this, uh, some people's girlfriend look like Eddie Munster, so I just be calling him Eddie Munster or, like... Herman Monsters depends. She got a big forehead. You know what I'm saying? And Yvonne DiCarlo was from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Another Canadian connection. I want to be, I want to, I think they should remake this movie and I'll play Herman Monster. And another person I want to ask you about, Riff Raff. All, yes, you can. Right here, who do we have but all in the? Family. With Sally? Sally Struthers. Now, I love your relationship with her. What's your relationship with Sally Struthers? Oh, we used to go together. We used to talk, but I, I got I had a divorce, and she started getting too crazy and old. Like and when people get old, they get crazy. And you shouted out a few times in some of the songs, right? Yeah, I shouted her out. I was like, "Sally, come and get it." Riff Raff, I have another gift for you right here. Your favorite band of late, Little Dragon. Oh yeah, Little Dragon. They go hard in the paint. Where did you discover Little Dragon? One of my friends uh, was just like playing someone there. I was like, "Damn, who is that?" I thought it was like some old school shit, but it was like, it was new. So then they, they kept playing it, and then they, I, I looked up her name and shit, and I found some songs. Riff Raff, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You are Riff Raff, but there's other Riff Raffs, aren't there? Yeah, the cat on the cartoon. And also, Rocky Horror Picture Show as a Riff Raff. Oh, yeah, I know. They, they'd be fucking up my YouTube views, but people be clicking on Riff Raff, and they think that's me. And there's rice in there, too. Rice, Riff Raff Rice? There's Rice in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is it? Yeah, there is indeed. Also, there's another band out there called... They're going back in time, copying me. What about that band Hooray for Riff Raff? Have you heard of that band? I haven't heard of that shit. How did you develop your beard pattern, Riff Raff? I was born with it. But what was the idea for that actual pattern? Like, I just used like my brain. And I was like, yo, what, what way should I go with it? You know what I'm saying? And I just, told, and I just told, drew a picture for the barber, and then he just bowed. Plack out. What's it like to get a Paul Mitchell facial? Oh, it's expensive. It's better than the regular ones at the salon, though. You know what I mean? And how about for taking care of yourself, Riff Raff? Under- it's very important. Yeah, like, do you use Old Spice still? Uh, I use a little Old Spice. My- what flavor of Old Spice? Fiji? Um, Fiji? Oh, yeah. How you know? Damn, you've been searching through my shit. Because that's the Fiji. Or Denali. 
The knowledge smells good too. Did you ever make it to screwed up rec? Oh, you might want to use cool water cologne deodorant though. Did you ever make it refraff to screwed up records and tapes? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I bought I bought a few um, CDs there. They got old school like chopper screw CDs. Crazy. It's crazy how many CDs they got in there. And I want to ask you a little bit about your friend Lil Flip. Lil Flip, man. He, what can you tell the people about Lil Flip in Houston? Honestly, th- this was like the first artist I heard um, from Houston that like was blown up. Because there was a time when I was like in like, oh, what was it? I don't know, junior high? I was like in like eighth or ninth grade. And they, like everybody was waiting for his new freestyles to come out. And then he had this The Way I Ball. And that shit came out. That shit blew up, like, in Louisiana first before it even blew up in Texas. So that shit was, like, nationwide. And then it came back. And then, like, he was, for, for like, oh, about a year, he was, like, the like, he, like the like the biggest artist in Houston, like, hard. Like, it, like, shit on the radio. And then he had all them freestyles and shit. This is the way we ball. And then I Can Do That. He came out with I Can Do That. Oh, man. This is, like, his second album, I think. Second or third album. And this is Chopped and Screw. But, yeah, he... Phew, Flip was doing it. He still do it. I know he got songs out now, but, like, people don't know about Flip. Like, he, he was going hard for a minute. And I also wanted to ask you about Devin the Dude. Dude, I met him before. He go hard, too. He, can, he, he got longevity. He be, like, singing. Song, he come out with a crazy-ass song, like, once every, like, two years. Just come out with some dope-ass shit. And I'll be listening to it, and they'll be like, be like, damn, who is that? And I'm like, all right, here's his voice. I already know it's Devin. Riff Raff, I also want to ask you about this gentleman who you've partied with, Slim Thug. Yeah, I know Slim Thug. You've done some gigs, some three local gigs with Slim Thug? Oh, uh, we did that shit in um, Austin. But he, but um, I, I, I really, I met him uh, just a couple times, you know what I mean? We, it's crazy, like, Houston is so big, like, you could know somebody and just, you just met him like one or two times. Like, but it's a lot of cities, like, you run into the same people every time, you know what I mean? But yeah, Slim Thug. You Have you ever asked him for financial advice at all? Uh, what, how to budget? Yeah, that sort of thing. He's into financial advice. For real? I didn't know. What rappers do you go to for financial advice? I, just do, I do my own finance. I don't trust nobody with my money. What is your financial advice to other rappers? To manage your own money. Don't let nobody touch your money. Don't let nobody... Uh, you get first look at it, and then you decide where it goes from there. I don't give nobody my money. Fuck that. Riff Raff, do you really have a song that will make Leanne Rhymes do sit-ups on aisle 12 of the supermarket? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple songs. What songs are those? Uh, they figured I work for Mexico. They got to look that up. See, now when I say this, they got to go to the internet and they got to look that shit up. Because that is quite an accomplishment, eh? Leanne Rhymes, aisle 12, sit-ups? It's like, you know, like seven-minute abs. They got to work out. So Leanne Rhymes, that's her song. She told me. Riff Raff, you've signed dogs? Yeah, I autographed dogs and shit. What's that like, autographing a dog? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, the hair, you know what I mean? It grows a certain way, so you got to write at a diagonal. You know what I mean? Because the hair's growing down, so you can't go up. And you can't just write straight down. You kind of got to, like, flow with it at an angle, obtuse angle. And Riff Raff, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm. But you really rep Texas, don't you? Uh, I, I don't rep Texas. Yeah, come on, you rep Texas. This way, I'll put it this way. I don't represent anybody because because when you, when you represent somebody, then they then they feel like they have a part of you. They have a hold of you, so they can say, "Man, you don't represent Texas. You don't do this. You don't do that." Right? So when you, if, to remove it all holds from me, I only represent myself. See what I'm saying? So nobody can say I'm with you. I'm with them. I'm not with nobody. I do my own thing. But yes, Texas is somewhere where I, where I live and where I 
grew up at, but I've grown up all over the United States too, and I've been in Brazil and all that. So I don't, I don't. That was just a fifty percent of my childhood is Texas. Well, I'd like to bring you and, back. Yeah, Texas. I definitely like the like just everything. I mean, music. I mean, when you live in somewhere, then you just that's you. You know what I mean? So if I grew up there, it wasn't my fault for being born there. Riff Ruff, I'd like to bring you back to Texas with a gift here. A Ghetto Boys t-shirt. Yeah, match my outfit too. It's big as hell though. I got extra large for you. Ghetto Boys, San Antonio logo too, eh? Yeah, if you're wearing a, like a, a Texas shirt, it gotta be like extra large and shit so you can wipe your face on it. Have you met Bushwick Bill or any of the Ghetto no, Boys at all? I met Willie D. What happened there? No, I know him. He's cool. He's really cool, really. What's it like hanging with Willie D? No, no we were just uh, listening to music and shit in his car. I don't know. And then, yeah, it was some wild ass shit. He's, yeah, actually, we hung out a couple times. I'm trying to think where we met, where else we had. Like at a club or something, I don't know. So do you think you'll put that on at all? You want to wear it right now? That would be great. I got you. This is Riff Raff in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Or is it time, this is another wardrobe change, isn't it? This is. Huh? Actually, what's on the floor there? Just if we could just pan down. Yeah, what exactly has happened here? Maybe you can just explain to people. What, point out all the stuff, Riff Raff. Uh, we just got, you know, Powwow right here. You know what I'm saying? Just chilling. He's about, he's like monitoring the money. He's like, man, yo, Riff, man, you better bring this money, give me some new jewels. That's what Paul's saying. And I just got some change over here, you know, lunch money, Canada money. I mean, it is what it, I mean, it's just, you know, car payment. And why don't you come over here and we'll do the final wardrobe change here with Riff Raff in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, you got some other stuff? Yeah, I got to do a wardrobe change. Riff Raff, take us through it. Walk us through it. All right, this is what, this is what we're doing. See, we're, we're like this with the chartreuse cat. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take this off. We're going to flip it around to the Mad Decent sign for the simple fact that it matches the outfit. So then we're going to put this shirt on. Normally not. Oh, let me take these glasses off. Because the last thing you want to do is you, you don't want to fuck up Sachi glasses, especially someone as, as rare as these. You want to you wanna, you wanna get a good look at these? Huh? I can hold them for you. Uh, yeah. Did I just fuck them up there? Sorry. No, you didn't fuck them up, but it's it's very fragile. It's like a a baby panda egg. Since the la- this is, is this the later the, the latter half of the interview? It is indeed. All right, so we're gonna go like this. Just pull Winding up here with Riff Raff in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Wardrobe changes. Wardrobe changes galore. Riff Raff, thanks again for your time. Lastly, I'd like to ask you, what's it like to be duct taped to a dumpster? Um, it, it depends what kind of duct, duct tape it is. Because if it's like an adhesive, then it's going to like rip, rip your hair off. But if it's non-adhesive, then it's kind of like a little easier to, you know, move per se. But not in those words. And you've had some experience with that. I mean, it was an accident, though. In what particular case? Could you elaborate? I don't want to incriminate those individuals who it was based upon. So for the... Uh, for that to be foreseen and foresaid, I'd rather not disclose those terms. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Riff Raff? Um, I mean, yo, uh, I really, <laughs> nah, I don't know, nothing else, man. I'm just, shit, I'm just out here. Well, thanks much, Riff Raff. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do Do-do. Squirt, 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 squirt.
competition. Crock pot. Stretched out the seven, bought the new jack. You looking kind of rough, SOS pad. I should have worked at KFC. Rap game, Mona Lisa, masterpiece. Stress me out, you ain't gonna catch me later. Now I'm on your street in the lifesaver navigator. Before you plant the seed, you gotta test the soil. Now I'm on your roof, gargoyle. Lil Debbie posted in your high school locker. Rap game, Betty Crocker and Versace boxes. Skirt, skirt, You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Little Debbie and Riff Raff with Squirt. And before that, an interview with, from Houston, Texas, Riff Raff. Coming up right now, going to play a bunch of singles that have been sent to me by Simon. Thank you very much, Simon, from Ugly Pop records out of toronto he's put out an incredible collection of seven inches before and after this recent bunch of seven inches that he's put out and right now the ones i'm going to play for you are going to be the northwest company get away from it all from 1967 from vancouver british columbia canada the insect i can see my love from adelaide 1966 australian rock and roll punk action a passing fancy from Toronto, Ontario. I'm losing you tonight. 66 from Toronto, as I mentioned. And the rock and roll bitches, if we can squeeze that in, someone could lose an eye. 1980 from Edmonton. He's also put out this most recent batch, Bent Wind and the Filthy Gaze of Europe. Probably going to get those into upcoming weeks because also have a Kennedy assassination. Rest in peace, John F. Kennedy. Record to play for you because yesterday was the anniversary of the assassination. November 22nd, 1963. November 22nd, 2012 of JFK's assassination. So going to play something by Mark Lane before the end of the Nardwarty Human Survey radio show. But again, thank you so much, Simon from Ugly Pop, for all these great seven inches. And we're going going to kick it off, as I mentioned, with the Northwest Company from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada from 1967. Then the Insect from Adelaide, 1966, A Passing Fancy, Toronto, 1966, and the Rock and Roll Bitches from Edmonton, 1980. Here's the Northwest Company on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Wrong, actually. That was not the Northwest Company. I apologize. Right now, well, actually, we should never apologize for not playing 
any particular band. Here we have right now the band that I meant. Here we have the Northwest Company from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> And silent 
here I stand I got no one to tell But who would understand I can see my love I can see my love I can see my
The Commission said at the outset that it was going to scrutinize the FBI, the Secret Service, and the Dallas Police, and it was going to rely upon those agencies for its information. It's a very difficult problem to resolve, I think. The Commission resolved its dilemma in favor of total reliance and no scrutiny whatsoever. But these are facts which we cannot avoid. The President's life was delivered into the hands of the Secret Service, the FBI, and the Dallas police in Dallas on November 22nd, and the president was killed while in the protection and under the protection of those agencies. And the alleged assassin of the president was shot to death while not only in the protection of the Dallas police, but in the basement of the Dallas police station, and while being protected by 70 Dallas police officers. And it's for this reason, when the doubts were so widely felt in this country that the commission indicated that it would scrutinize these agencies closely. But if you read the report, you can see the commission relied upon and did not scrutinize the agencies whatsoever. And the role of the Federal Bureau of Investigation in this case is indeed a role which is scandalous. And if nothing more were done by the FBI of a negative nature, other than that which it did in this case, there would be sound grounds to call for the resignation of Mr. Hoover. <laughs> and the dissolution of that corrupt agency. 
The fact is this, the majority of the witnesses who were questioned by the FBI, who then testified before the commission, who were confronted with FBI statements of what they purportedly told the agents of the FBI, in the majority of cases, the witness said, the report is wrong. I did not say that. And there is a pattern which runs through what the FBI said the witness said, when the witness claims he did not say it. Wherever the report was changed by agents of the FBI, according to the witness, it was changed so that the testimony in the report was consistent with Oswald's guilt as the lone assassin, while what the witness said was inconsistent with that conclusion. And we take one example of Nelson Delgado, who was a rifleman, who was in the Marine Corps with Oswald and on the rifle range with Oswald. He said he saw him practice, he saw him fire for score. He said Oswald was a lousy shot, there's just no other way to put it. He was a lousy shot, and he was sort of the laughing stock of the outfit because of this. He said, I told this to the agents of the FBI, and then this is his testimony. He said, but they did not want to accept that. They argued with me. They badgered me. They sought to have me change my statement. Now we have a, a charge by a man who was, even, who was in the army at the time that he testified before the commission, now in Vietnam, as a matter of fact. He said, the FBI sought to have me change my statement. Now we have a charge that agents, four agents, whose names he gave to the commission, were involved in attempting to suborn perjury. It's a very serious charge. And the integrity of any investigation, which rests to a large extent upon what the FBI agents did, must be tested by how the commission reacted to the serious charge before it. Did it call the four agents? Did it ask for their side of the story? Did it conduct an investigation? It did none of these things. It never commented for a moment upon this serious charge made by Mr. Delgado and by other witnesses who testified before the commission about similar experiences. So the commission relied upon the FBI, and the FBI agents were going out there trying to badger witnesses to change their story, which would fit more conveniently into the FBI conclusion and the commission's ultimate conclusion and the one from which it started. Well, on the question of Oswald's background, we see now if the commission acquitted itself of its responsibility there. This is Commission Exhibit 917, published by the commission in the volumes. And I read it to you. It is a cable from the American Embassy in Moscow of November 3rd, 1959, which reads as follows. Concerning the renunciation of US citizenship and request for Soviet citizenship by Lee Harvey Oswald, former Marine and and then 41 letters are deleted. Former Marine and. Uh, what could be there? Star of stage, screen, and radio? Uh, well, I mean, let your mind wander. What could there be? Agent, uh, informant of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. What 41 letters appear to fit? And the cable goes on, Oswald stated he was radar operator in Marine Corps and offered to furnish Soviets information he possesses on US radar. That's what the government said Oswald did. If that was the government's position about what Oswald did, Oswald should have been arrested when he returned to the United States. But he was not. He went down to the Southwest and applied for a passport and received it in 24 hours. When I applied for my passport, it was given to me in the ordinary course of events. I believe. It took eight days. 
Oswald got his in 24 hours, despite the fact that a cable was sent to the very agency, the State Department, which issues the passports. On a recent radio broadcast with Mr. Jenner, who was the attorney who said on the program he was assigned to Oswald's background, Oswald's motive, and the possibility of conspiracy and the possibility that Oswald was government-connected in one way or another. I read this cablegram to Mr. Jenner, who was the senior counsel in this area, and asked him if he would be good enough to tell us now what those 41 letters are, former Marine and what comes next. Mr. Jenner said, I don't know. And I said, but you were the man who was given the task of determining Oswald's background and motive, et cetera, and government connection. And this might, those 41 letters could conceivably show a government connection, could they not? He said, I have faith in whoever deleted those letters. <laughs> they knew what they were doing, I'm sure of that. I said, would you be good, good enough to share the basis of your faith with us? Would you tell us who made the deletions? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> well, at first we were asked to have faith in the Chief Justice and his colleagues. The fact is that who shot the president, where the photographs and the x-rays are, where the shots came from, how fast the rifle can operate, is it possible for anyone with this rifle to have fired as accurately as Oswald allegedly did? These are facts, and they are susceptible to proof. Why then are we asked to have faith? I think that the commission is asking too much of us. I think we have some rights to make some requests to the commission at this point. I think we have a right to know, for example, why a good portion of the reports submitted to the commission remain in the National Archives and have been sealed for 75 years by order of Lyndon B. Johnson. If Oswald is the lone assassin, then there is no question regarding national security in the archives. There can be nothing in the archives which implicates anyone else or any government agency or any foreign power. Nothing like that can be involved because the commission said, after looking at the evidence, it concluded that Oswald was the lone assassin. Well, if that's what the evidence shows, why can't we see it? Now, in terms of the hard physical evidence, the rifle, pistol, shot Officer Tippett, we're told, the bullets taken from Officer Tippett's body and allegedly possibly related to Oswald's pistol, all of the other the jacket Oswald allegedly discarded, all of the other physical evidence. That is not even in the National Archives. The Dallas police radio tapes showing what the broadcasts were on November 22nd, possibly showing why the Dallas police were looking for Oswald 15 minutes after the shots were fired when there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever which pointed toward Oswald at that time, but why they sent out Oswald's description. Well. None of this physical evidence is in the archives. It has been entrusted to the tender mercies of the Dallas police, the FBI, the Secret Service, the CIA, and the other federal and local police agencies. And we have no commitment that even in the year 2039 that we will be able to examine that evidence, if it still exists. Of all of the extravagant statements made by the commission, and it's difficult perhaps to single out one as a as the most extravagant. But if one was forced to, perhaps this would be it. The commission had the rifle tested under conditions which simulated those which existed on November 22nd, said the commission. Now we're going to see how they did. Oswald's last known score with a rifle in the Marine Corps showed that he fired 199 on, 9, 191 on the rifle range, one point above the minimum for qualification. 
for the lowest rank in the Marine Corps, which, according to the Marine Corps expert who testifies, means that Oswald was, quote, a rather poor shot. From now, we're going to see how we simulate the conditions. The commission found the three best riflemen in America, all listed as masters by the National Rifle Association, gave them the rifle and told them to duplicate it. So that's the first thing, the qualification of the man with the weapon. Then we come to the second point. The second point is the quality of the ammunition. The commission said in the speculation and rumors section, that's where they put all of the facts about the assassination. <laughs> speculation and rumor. It has been said that the ammunition for the rifle was 20 years old and therefore would be of questionable reliability. Commission finding. The ammunition is currently being manufactured by the Olin Matheson Company, and the ammunition used by Oswald was recently made. Well, one of the investigators for the Citizens Committee here in New York very ingeniously did that, which the government and its $1 million investigation never thought of doing. He wrote a letter to Olin Matheson and said, when was the last time you manufactured ammunition for that rifle? And they wrote back and said, 1944, against a government contract. And the letter wrote and said, and therefore, any such ammunition would be of questionable reliability. Well, the commission took a shortcut. It merely said it is currently being manufactured. It was recently made, and therefore, there's no question about its reliability. Well, now we have old ammunition, and we have uh, used by Oswald. We don't know what the experts used or where they got their ammunition. And we have three expert riflemen. Now, Oswald was on the sixth floor when he fired, according to the commission. That's more than 60 feet above the ground. Well. In order to simulate the test, the experts were asked to fire from a perch 30 feet above the ground. Oswald was firing at a moving target, we're told. In order to simulate a moving target, the experts were asked to fire at three large stationary targets. But they complained about the rifle. Evidently, quite bitterly, the FBI expert who arranged the test and got the experts said that they, there was a lot of talk about the rifle by the experts. He said something about how the, the bolt was very hard to work, scope you know, was wobbling and poorly aligned and shot down and to the right. And the experts were reluctant to fire with such a terrible weapon, and such a poor scope, which wobbled. But the experts, whatever they said, were able to have at the, at the commission's instruction a gunsmith come in, and they had two metal shims attached to the scope and attached to the rifle in order to correct it and in order to keep it from wobbling. That's how you simulate conditions which existed on November 22nd. It's a song called Broken Hearted Beats. AMS Events proudly presents Tam Chasen with Poor Young Things, November 29th at the Pit Pub. With his newest album, The Other Side, the pride of PEI is quite literally going back to his roots. The album takes on a tinge of maritime roots and folk, incorporating an array of acoustic instruments and a warm, transparent production style. Since 2009's Broken Hearted Beat, audiences were introduced to a golden-voiced young performer-slash-songwriter with a mosaic-like approach to writing music named Tim Chasen, and he's an act you don't want to miss. Thursday, November 29th at the Pit Pub. Sponsored by CITR 101.9 Facts.